Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. And it's time for us to shoot the flames, our monthly chat show where Chris and I get together and talk about things like horror news and trailers and current events, and most importantly, comments and questions and reviews from you, our listener. And this is a very special Shooting the Flames because not only is it going to be a great episode, but it's our hundredth. That's right. 100 episodes. I can't believe it. Can you believe it? I mean, like, no. I mean, I, well, I mean, I kind of can because I know that when you and I set our minds to something, we're going to continue doing it no matter what. Right. And so <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not surprised that we've lasted 100 episodes, but I'm like. It's going to be cockroaches and share <laughs> and this podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We shan't give up. No. But, you know, as we talked about last month, we celebrated our two-year anniversary in August, and this is our 100th episode, and we have a lot going on in September for you guys. But first, we're going to do Shooting the Mm -hmm. Flames, and we have a huge episode for y'all. Yeah. There's a reason we took out those hot takes. (laughs) That's right. We had to create more room. So uh, let's uh, kick this off with a few current events. Well, I don't know about you, but I was enthralled by watching the Democratic National Convention. I did not watch it. I just watched the Royals, as you know. The Obamas. Is that what you're talking about? (laughs) Yes. They they were quite lovely. And they are, in fact, the American Royals. I mean, my God, I miss them so much. (laughs) I know. But I know that we had Biden for eight years, but I can't say that I'm that excited about him. I... Don't care at this point, as long as it's not Donald Trump. Yeah, I mean, like... Well, yeah, I'm going to vote for anyone with a heartbeat that's the most likely to win that's not Trump. Essentially, uh, not that I'm a never-Trumper, but I'm a never-Trumper. And, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I'll, I'll vote for him. What I think we need is Michelle Obama as president. Can we just, like, do a do-over and have her join the primary? Is that... Can you do... Oh, I guess you can do that, because the first lady did run for president, and it just didn't win. We just need an old-school, no-nonsense gym teacher lesbian to be our president. (laughs) (laughs) We need somebody who's going to, like, take this country and be a taskmaster, and just be like, see all these things that you did wrong over the last four years? Let's correct them right away. For real. But, you know what? We can live in our little gay fantasy all we want. I did like Kamala Harris's speech, though. I, I, I like her. I do. I mean, I... God, I hate admitting shit like this, but I didn't vote in the primary because I didn't have a favorite nominee, you know? And yeah. I was just like, I I couldn't That's make a fun. choice between the ones who were who were on the ballot by the time it got to Texas primary. And, um, you know, and it didn't matter. At the end of the day, I was going to vote for whoever was the Democratic nominee, yeah. period. I think so. that that's normal. Like, if you feel have strong feelings one way or the other, you know, just like everyone didn't have strong feelings one way or the other with Trump or Biden, uh, that one person out there, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I'm sure they exist. Then, uh, yeah, then whatever. Don't vote. <laughs> I... I really like what I liked most about the the DNC this year is that they they took the time <clears throat> in a roundabout way and, and sometimes not so roundabout to say like don't vote third party you know like they really took the time to say like don't throw your vote away you need to vote for somebody who's going to get Donald Trump out of the White House and like and just say like if you know principles aside you have to like go to the you know defeat the greater evil in this situation. And I mean, it seems like everybody who gave a speech was like, don't do something stupid, <laughs> you know? And I really appreciate that. Vote for Cthulhu. Why choose the lesser evil? <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching the RNC this week, at the time of this recording, at least? Uh, I've seen some clips, you know. Yeah. You know, it's I, like all the videos of, of 
everything happening right now and saying that's what's going to happen at a Biden presidency. <laughs> or, you know, like you said earlier, uh, you know, showing protests in Spain. Right, and calling it America. And I... The thing that got me the most about the RNC this week that really made me giggle and be pissed off is some woman said she supports like household voting and she thinks that ultimately the husband should decide who the vote goes to. And I was like, how could you like just rewrite everything that people did to to get votes for women and minorities? That's what the whole platform is about, you know, make America great again. What version of America do you think that is? It's it's from, you know, yeah, they've weaponized nostalgia and it's basically exactly what it all is. You know, it's, we want things back when, you know, all the other races were just like treated as trash, you know, well, more than the today and, mm. <laughs> you know, or at least it was legalized treating like trash. And that is not what will make America great again anyway. So, lady, go vote. You don't have to wait for your husband to tell you who to vote for. That's bullshit. God. Yeah, it was generally the household back in the 50s. You know, it's just like that, that nuclear, like nuclear wasteland. <laughs> <laughs> The nuclear wasteland that was the 50s, like, family, you know, when the only person that had any kind of rights or say was white man, you know, and it's just like, that time has passed. Stop yearning for it, you know? it's Those times weren't as good as you think they were, and if you do think they were great, you know, then you're, then you're a, a certain a white class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's like, come on. <laughs> oh, I can't stand it. You know, and I can't even talk about it anymore, because, like, there's some shit going on in Texas right now, too. Like, 2020 could not get any fucking worse. There were, like, two hurricanes, like, battling their way through the fucking Gulf Coast toward my state and Louisiana. So, I mean, I mean, they evacuated Galveston, I know, and it's already hit landfall, and it's um, wreaking havoc. Someone said, like, an unsurvivable storm surge from, like, the waves and things like that. So I know it was a bad hurricane. But all I keep thinking about is the people who have to evacuate. Like, where, where are they supposed to go during a fucking pandemic? You know, it's like, this is the worst time to have two hurricanes yeah. like coming toward you. Let's put everyone in that Katrina stadium. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was talking to my husband about it. And I was like, I these people, a lot of them may already have COVID, right? And not know about it. And they're forced to evacuate and go wherever they possibly can for safety. And it's just going to create... Even more COVID cases. It was like America's just doomed. Doomed. 2020. (laughs) I did request off work the day after the election. I was like, because either way, I don't want to go to work. Either I'm going to be like celebratory drinking or I'm going to be like sad drinking. (laughs) So I'm not going to work the next day. I said, fuck that. No, you're either going to be drunk or you're going to be packing. (laughs) That's true. And Robin said that. He was just like, we're just going to have to move. And I'm like, no, we're going to (laughs) fight. I was just like, come on, we're Americans. We're going to fight against it. <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. I feel like the most I can do is just like fact check all day long on Facebook. These people believing anything. Well, then you're doing the Lord's work. Well, that's enough about reviewing the hideous state of our country right now. When we have lots and lots of reviews that people left of our podcast across many platforms. First one is from Agent Mackey, who gave us a five star on Apple Podcasts and said, highly recommend and all verisimilitude. I forgot about them. Rediscovered this awesome pod. The subjects are always interesting. And the hosts made me revisit Alien after many years. Keep up the great work. What does that word mean? Verisimilitude? Realness. Mm -hmm. Realness? Yes. 
Mario Lives gave us a review on Apple, and it was five stars. He says, Film Flamers are on fire. This is the podcast that goes straight to the top of my queue each time there's a new episode. Chris and Robert are such a pleasure to listen to, and their film recommendations have led me to discover some gems. Highly recommended. And this is, uh, I assume, from our friend Itza Mario from yeah. How many Mario's Twitter. I mean, because I, th- I think it said Australia. That- Outside of New Jersey. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and, and Nintendo. Ichi29, also on Apple, said, Excellent horror podcast. It's difficult to find a good movie podcast and even more difficult to find a good horror movie podcast. I appreciate that the hosts do their research and clearly have a passion for horror movies, which most general movie podcasts don't seem to care much for. There isn't a lot of pointless dialogue that has nothing to do with the movie being reviewed. I guess. Thank you, because I don't think that's true. This podcast has a great balance of humor and genuine love for movies. I like the plot synopsis in the beginning that allows the host not to have to worry about a linear review. (laughs) Maybe it's one of those like reverse psychology where he's thanking us for doing something he wants us to do. (laughs) But thank you. Yes, Ichi29. Thank you so much for that. Um, we have oftentimes worried about whether or not the synopsis at the beginning of our episode is important or worthwhile to do, since we do often do a linear review right after we talk about the synopsis. But based on some of the uh, surveys we've gotten back, a lot of people don't skip it. So, I mean, yeah. I think we'll keep doing it. We got a review from Instagram from one of our followers, Patrick Slowinski. And his handle on Instagram is Patrick underscore Slowinski art. And he creates some horror art that is actually really, really good. So you guys need to go and like look him up on Instagram and check it out. But he sent us a message and it said, hello, gentlemen. I just wanted to let you both know that I love the podcast and I look forward to future episodes. You have helped me pull through some rough times. And I always listen to your show when I'm doing my artworks. So there's a little bit of Chris and Robert in my art. You guys are inspiring, inviting, intelligent, and you both have a wicked sense of humor. Thank you for cheering me up. Keep up the stellar work. Have a pleasant evening. And as always, sweet dreams. Uh-huh. I think that's the first time that somebody ever put our closing line into a <laughs> anything. Yeah, we might have to commission him to do some, I don't know, maybe a logo refresher. Or a, I don't know, maybe some character art for us. If we ever have like an event or his work is really good. And a t-shirt. I don't know if he sells it or not, but hey, yeah, Patrick, we're going to reach out to you and... um See what we can do. We can work yeah, together. Yeah, let us know what you'd be, uh, what you'd have fun doing. At the real Hal Jordan from Twitter said, "For those unaware and looking for a great podcast to enjoy, the Film Flamers is the place to go. First, they actually stick to the movie at hand. They don't waste the first twenty minutes on meaningless topics and unrelated gunk. Second, their chemistry is so endearing. You know these two are good friends. Third, they can be humorous and make the occasional joke or sarcastic aside, but they're not like so many others who keep upchucking bad joke after bad joke and laugh as if it's funny." Fourth, they're incredibly positive, not in an ignore-all-faults kind of way, as they rightly criticize a movie when it deserves it, but rather they refuse to be a couple of Debbie Downers who seemingly enjoy shitting on everything. Fifth, they regularly engage their listeners, whether it's back-and-forthing with us on social media or reading our tweets and questions on the show and taking the time to respond thoughtfully. Sixth, humor is subjective, but I find them funny. The only podcast to date to make me laugh out loud, which can be dangerous when shaving. 
They should really slip a digital warning label somewhere. Seventh, based on what I know, these dudes are people I would legit want to hang out with IRL. So listening to their podcast is almost like taking part in a convo with friends. Lastly, I just think they're most entertaining, efficient, on-point podcasts around today. The three of us having homosexuality in common and looking at movies from that point of view only makes them that much more relatable. But you definitely don't have to be LGBTQ plus to have a good time listening to them. Guys, please don't ever stop doing your show. Not that you plan to or anything, but just remember us who dig you, dudes, if you ever get angry at each other. Always stay together for us. <clears throat> so our longest review. <laughs> oh, no. And yeah. possibly most thorough. <laughs> yeah. Chris and I don't really fight that often, so I don't think you have anything to worry about. I mean, we do, but we know how to communicate. So it's like, this is what you did, and this is what it made me feel like. Then there's some <laughs> slapping, and then we take a minute, yeah. but just a minute. <laughs> And then we have to record again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know, point by point. So they actually stick to the movie at hand. We don't waste 20 minutes at meaningless topics. That's true. Except for the beginnings of our shooting the flames now. Um, although I would argue they're not meaningless, but I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. see. Second, the chemistry is so endearing. Well, thank you. Uh Third, they could be humorous and make the occasional joke or sarcastic aside, but like so many who keep, yeah, we're not, we don't like to repeat, we're paranoid about our humor. Fourth, they're incredibly positive. We do that on purpose. Like, we do not like the podcast that just shit on things because it's like the bitchy McSnipe show and we got invited to the bitch brunch and there's no escape. <laughs> like, we don't like that. You know, we we watch movies that we like that we're interested in if we think that there's a movie that's on our docket that we have nothing but bad things to say and not even in a fun or positive way like we're just not going to talk about it you know you don't want to hear that shit i don't want to hear that shit robert doesn't want to hear that shit no i mean there may be some times that we have chosen a movie that the other one has not seen from time to time and i mean sometimes it may turn out badly some we've chosen a movie that I think neither one of us have seen at some point, you know, and it's, so it's, it's crapshoot, you know, but I think that even in, in the in most situations, we would try to find the good before we would try to find the bad in any movie that we talk about. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I, I really hate being negative. I think it's pointless. Like, don't, don't leave your life that way. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to fight with you and I don't, I don't want to have like negative thoughts about things. So it's best to steer clear of it altogether. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying to dis like, avoid things that you don't like i mean if you really don't like something and yes come out and say something about it but don't like be long-winded just say i don't like it and move on yeah fifth they regularly engage with their listeners i think that like any podcast who wants people to listen to them and is not going to take the time to engage with their listeners and listen to what they have to say even if you disagree about something you're not doing your job right and you're actually inviting people to not listen to you anymore you know i think that the more you talk to people who listen to your podcast and create a conversation i think the better your podcast will become which is why we do shooting the flames anyway we're also really lucky because all the people on social media and of course our patrons you know are always like super either just like short and concise and super positive or they're like Mm -hmm. super like in depth you know or thoughtful about everything and so we have had just nothing but really good experiences yes i love our listeners so so much yeah the only bad experience we've had on social or with other podcasts and I'm not going to spill the tea six the humor is subjective but I find them funny thank you (laughs) I do too I think that we're funny but I don't want to be that person like we're fucking hilarious well you know even though I say that sometimes 
They did vote our outtakes as like the least favorite type of episode. Well, that's that would be our inside joke that he's saying they don't have. So our inside joke is actually our outtakes episodes. So yeah, that's kind of for us. Yeah. So seventh, based on what I know, these dudes are people I would legit hang out with in real life. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I'm always interested to meet people to talk either in real life or on social media in a virtual sense, you know, about horror movies or just things in general. I'm always curious to know what people think about movies and how they experience them. And I don't know. So, are we kind of shy in person? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think you are either. I mean, cause when you and I first met, there was not a lag in conversation. And I think we just started talking right away and a shy person wouldn't do that. I don't know. You kind of have that effect on people though. I really just make you yeah. talk. I'm like, talk to me. God. The introvert always has to like latch on to the extrovert so they can survive <laughs> in the world. And that's what I've done. Okay. So let's move on to comments. Yes. So we got a comment um, from our deep dive into Jaws from at RL Terry one. He says, great deep dive in quotes into Jaws. I'm using Quint's introduction and the Kittner death beach scene in my American cinema class, and it's the love of money that's the root of all evil, according to the biblical proverb. I'm not quite sure what I said. And it wasn't that. Well, <laughs> the the paraphrase is always money is the root of all evil. But this is an um actually from R.L. Terry, so we always give him, you know, his two cents. Well, and I don't mind being corrected. Yeah. So I mean, like I we're um actually Thai people too, so oh yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> it makes sense that a lot of our our listeners and commenters are um actually people as well. I don't know that I've ever used the entire proverb. I think I've only just said like part of it, yeah, or whatever. But I mean, I I like I like learning things. So thank mm-hmm. you, Al Terry. From shooting the flames in August, at the real Hal Jordan said, "Without question, Deep Impact was the better film between that and Armageddon." But you can't expect the masses of the late '90s to embrace thoughtful emotion over rah rah America flag waving. Unfortunately, and today, I would argue, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, just look at America today. I think that if you were to take both these movies and release them again today, as like movie theaters and during COVID has been doing, I think that Armageddon would still be the more popular movie, and that yeah. really. Pisses me off. Maybe that's another limit <laughs> test, like Muppet and then like Armageddon versus Deep Impact. Oh my God, you're right. I think I should divorce my husband just to go on more first dates and be like, who's your favorite Muppet and Deep, Deep Impact or Armageddon? You don't do that for dates because I remember, like, I think you just do that as an icebreaker to get to know people because I remember you asking me under that hot ass fucking tent when we were camping what my favorite <laughs> Muppet was. And you're like, I don't care. <laughs> No, you're right. I don't have to divorce my husband. I wouldn't anyway. Although I will say that if I were divorced and having a first date and you chose Armageddon over Deep deep Impact, you will be having no Deep Impact with me later on that evening. (laughs) (laughs) And really, I feel like someone's got to write something. A Tale of Two Countries just the thing. America and America. They're two different things. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. Go all Dickens. 20th century Dickens. 21st century Dickens, (laughs) I guess we are now. We do have a Dickensian proclivity. <laughs> At Battle Burrito on Twitter said, I think it was Roger Ebert who described Armageddon as having the emotional landscape of a feature length trailer. <laughs> also, hashtag SFW is now the official way to refer to Sigourney fucking Weaver. Except that it already means safe for work. I know. And I just, what I thought when I read it, I was just like, safe for work? <laughs> just like, I don't think Sigourney, I mean, she is sometimes, but I mean. Well, I wish that were true. Maybe we can take it over. At Battle Burrito, if that's the hill you're going to die on, then we shall 
We shall die on it with you. Revolt. A Twitter revolt. Look for us, Sigourney. Erica from the Customers Also Watch podcast said, Robert, you and I have the same favorite Muppets. Oh my God. (laughs) No one ever says Beaker. Never. (laughs) Swedish Chef I've heard before, but Beaker, never. So if that's included as well, that makes me very happy. At Eat Samario from Twitter said, I didn't watch much of the Muppets, but I did watch Muppet Babies as a kid, and I have a soft spot for Gonzo and Rolf. And once I had to start wearing glasses myself, Scooter too. I guess I have a soft spot for bespectacled characters. You know, it's funny. You never know what people are going to respond to when they're shooting the flames. <laughs> and a whole episode and this about is things all about this. Armageddon, Deep Impact, and Muppets. <laughs> That's what all comes I mean. Welcome to our horror podcast. <laughs> I pour through all the comments, you know, before I start making some notes for shooting the flames. I was like, Muppet, 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 Deep Impact, Muppet, Muppet. <laughs> hey, Muppets are great. Deep Impact is good. Armageddon sucks. I think we can all agree. Yeah. And last but not least for Muppets is Nikki from Patreon said, I love that Robert used the Muppets as a dating question. Mine pre-marriage was always, what would your last meal be? It checks that they have an interesting palate and are, you know, macabre enough to answer without getting spooked. I think that's a fascinating question. That is. And I think we answered it. I think I answered like, I don't know, all about what I'm wanting at the time. And for some (laughs) reason, like the thing that came up was like, chicken fried steak with mashed potatoes and green beans or something maybe because i'm in boston and i miss <laughs> you miss the south that's what it is. <laughs> come home <laughs> come home where the food is really good i'm sure it's great in boston though. it is but you know it's a little highfalutin in comparison i just like tacos and pizza and french fries so i mean if it were my last meal i would have all those three things maybe on top of each other we had some comments from our top 10 aliens and horror episode uh the thanks for coming podcast which is at TFC Pod said, I liked Super 8 a lot. Owen Contact. And I better not hear any smarty pants comments about that last one. I know people love to hate on I it. I love Contact. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, people. I think I told him that too. I was just like, <laughs> no, Chris loves Contact. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Okay to go. Okay to go. Sorry, That's right. Okay, and I certainly was saying all those things while <laughs> I was watching it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Didn't he just. Didn't he just say smarty pants comments? I mean, I didn't say it on social media. I'm saving it for shooting the flames. There's my smarty pants comments. Sorry. I should watch it again. I've only seen it the one time. I should preserve my comments. And I think that it came out when I was much, much younger. They should have sent a poet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to watch it again. (laughs) (laughs) I love that movie. Okay. Erica from Customer Also Watched. The Blob. Both the OG one with one of my boyfriends, Steve McQueen, and the 80s remake are some of my faves. Also, the 78 version of Body Snatchers is my favorite version, but I do like Ferrara's and the 56 one. I mean, like, we have the same favorite Muppets, and Steve McQueen is also one of my boyfriends, so we may have to fight at some point, I think. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Is she becoming you? Is the talented Miss Erica here? Oh, was it a different version of Body Snatchers going on, Erica? (laughs) (laughs) I think we can all agree, though, that the 78 version of Body Snatchers is by far the best. So, I mean, I'll take those people on. From our deep dive into Jurassic Park, Aditza Mario says, Newman aside, when I think of Wayne Knight, I think of his character Officer Don from Third Rock from the Sun and his incredible chemistry he shared with Kristen Johnston. Did you ever watch Third Rock from the Sun? Not really, no. It was funny. I like John Lithgow. I also love Kristen Johnson, but... I've only ever watched one sitcom, and I've watched it like six times all the way through. 
Will and Grace. Yeah. <clears throat> it's the Golden Girls for me. So. I'm basic. Oh, I love Golden Girls. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's another litmus test. What's your favorite sitcom? Oh. At The Real Hell Jordan said, I've seen this a million times and had no intention of watching it on Netflix tonight, but now I am. Clever boys. Mm, clever boys enjoy it i hope you enjoyed it because uh it came onto netflix in the summertime and it was gone by the end of august so really yeah jesus about a month and a half it was on netflix it was or trending less. at like i was like did we do that <laughs> <laughs> we I saw it at, like number it. two on netflix i was like jesus like we keep That's checking right. these movies that are having like anniversaries or having like a comeback or something it's like we, we do not intend it I mean, yeah. And so when we had picked Jurassic Park, we had no idea. And then here it is on Netflix. I'm like, everyone in the world's going to watch it. And thankfully, they all did in that short period of time because it's gone. Mm. At RL Terry, one says the Jurassic Park River Adventure is still an attraction at Universal Studios. In fact, you mentioned coasters and Jurassic Park at Universal is soon receiving a high speed coaster affectionately referred to as the Velocicoaster. Next time you guys come, I'll join you. I actually saw something in the news about that. Like people didn't know what it was and there was a giant like fucking raptor being like uh-huh. helicoptered onto the building yeah so like i'm sure that rl terry knows about this too but uh so yeah no they have made no announcement about what the coaster is it's being built and then it was delayed due to covid and then they started rebuilding and they lowered this like velociraptor on top of it so clearly it's going to be a jurassic park coaster and didn't you say when your sister was reading the book that there were no coasters what a shit book that is right? <laughs> either that or it's like the most expensive red herring of all time <laughs> oh that's right wow it's actually the spongebob poster okay <laughs> battle burrito from patreon said i think it's safe to call these quarantine length episodes and it's working for me <laughs> thank you because we really didn't intend to make those like two and a half hours long <laughs> We did like three back to back, like Alien, Aliens, uh, Jurassic Park, and Jaws. Yeah, we're all like two hours or two and a half hours long. Like, just crazy. And much like the shooting the flames episode. And they almost <laughs> fucking killed me. Yeah, I know. Edit. I'm so sorry about the editing. I got the I got the fun part, but hey. Yeah. If you're whining about a two and a half hour episode, like, hey, the recording was like four hours, so you're welcome. <laughs> Although we had a good time doing it. Yes, I we think, did. So. Yeah. Uh, Kimberly over on Patreon said, meh, this was debunked. Is it weird that I'm disappointed? And of course, she sent us a link to the article that debunked the murder dino chicken that I was talking about during our Jurassic Yeah, and I responded. I was like, yeah, I'm relieved. Or sorry, I'm I'm actually disappointed, but I'm sure Robert is relieved. I am. I'm just (laughs) like, I do not like the idea of that. And I mean... Uh, I'm kind of on the fence now because once you start talking about like murder chickens at the door, I was just like, oh, now I'm a little sad that there's no murder chickens. But thank God we're all going to live. I mean, Jesus Christ. I'd rather murder chickens than murder hornets. You know what I mean? (laughs) You can see and hear one coming easier than the other. But one is much bigger than the other one. I can swat a hornet. Would you rather get like henpecked by a little like T-Rex chicken or would you like to get stung by a murder hornet? I mean, like, come on. Well, honestly, neither. (laughs) One is injecting you. (laughs) And one's a little love tap with teeth. (laughs) I don't know. Kimberly, I'm sure that someday someone will make a murder dino chicken. Let's just not hold our breath. I mean, come on. At Best Picture PC, the Best Picture podcast said, At the Film Flamers, you owe me a new laptop. I splattered it with Coke Zero coming out of my nose when you mentioned the Red Eye Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I think that was me. Yeah. 
<laughs> you have a new laptop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so as uh, the real Hal Jordan said so eloquently, we should slap a warning on there. We are not responsible for shaving accidents or electronic destroying. <laughs> <laughs> and I ruined that scene for everyone in Jurassic Park from now on out. <laughs> I mean, you really did. <laughs> <laughs> So we also got a voicemail finally on our hotline after months and 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 months of asking for one. Yeah. And then specifically like a campaign, like a social media campaign that you ran to try and get voicemails and still. I mean, I try. Just one. This was a good one. And I was glad that we got someone to sort of break our seal of (laughs) (laughs) voicemail drought. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, so we got this message from Nina. So give it a listen. Oh, my gosh. This is so fun. I didn't know this was a thing. Okay. So this is in reference to the Jurassic Park episode. Um, My name is Nina, by the way. New fan for like the past month. I love you guys. You guys are freaking hilarious. But as a kid, I lived behind the dam. And every time it would release the siren as a kid, I always thought that meant that T-Rex was coming to, like, fuck up my little neighborhood that I lived in at the time. (laughs) So good. And uh, there was something else that I wanted to um, mention. Oh, yeah, I remember as a kid, I was always, like, (laughs) it, it sounds crazy now that I think about it, but whenever, like, Ellie is like limping with like the flashlight dragging behind her. I would always like, that's how I would like walk down my hallway um, in my house as a kid. <laughs> Jurassic Park is, it's a, it's such a good movie and it's really sentimental to me. I remember watching Jurassic World when that came out a few years ago and it was the scene where the brothers were looking in the old Jurassic Park building. Like I legit, tear it up because I was just like holy shit like this movie is I don't know it's just something about movies that kind of hits you in the feel sometimes it made me feel older and younger but but old at the same time and I'm only 26 <laughs> anyways I probably sound completely ridiculous I love you guys both you guys are fucking hilarious keep it up don't ever stop <laughs> bye Thank you so much, Nina. I, I Yeah, I don't think you're the only one to like do the walk. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think we all did that. I think we all at one, one time was like, run. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad that you like talked about like your experiences and how like this movie stayed with you. Because Chris and I, like we did in the episode, talked about our memories and how we felt about this movie and how long it stayed with us. And I'm with you on Jurassic World because there was such a huge length of time between Jurassic Park 3 and Jurassic World. That when I saw it in the theater, I was like crying just because it's another Jurassic Park movie. I just love the franchise so much. So I'm there. And you do not sound ridiculous. In fact, I think you sound like a delightful person. <laughs> you really do. You're so bubbly and wonderful. I love it. Yes. And you get a prize for being the only person to call into our voice line. Yes. Thank you for the voicemail. My God. It's like. We'll have to think about what that prize is. A hearty handshake. Yeah. <laughs> thank you nina we love you from our deep dive into bram stoker's dracula well they're the blast from the past 
Yeah, a little bit. Land of Enchantment Lobo from Instagram said, one of my favorite episodes and movies. I agree. I think Gary Oldman's portrayal of Dracula has become the definitive one. And I, I know that we said that in that episode, and I think that it's a generational thing, obviously. You know, right? I don't think that's, I feel like it used to be, but I don't think that's a controversial opinion anymore. I, okay. I, I keep I keep seeing like top 10 people that have played Dracula, and Gary Oldman is usually the number two or number one on that spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, There's a reason. Yeah. I, Chris and I will die on this hill too i think we, yeah. we love gary oldman's performance as dracula and there's a new mm-hmm. one coming out from karen kusama so i mean like we'll see if we change our minds but eh, she has a really hard job ahead of her yeah uh from our flamers flashbacks bonus episode on patreon where we talked about they live nikki says loved they live so much 80s love rowdy roddy piper had to have it in his contract to be shirtless that construction scene come on Awesome. <laughs> I also enjoy Roddy Roddy Piper without a shirt on. <laughs> so, I mean, good. From our top 10 action horror movies, at Eats Mario said, As always, I realized I haven't seen a lot of these, but the ones I have seen I really enjoyed, so I trust Chris's judgment on the rest. I'm also curious to know more about Robert's favorite horror books. If you have even written or spoken about them, I intend to do so. I I think I talked about some of my favorite horror books on another Shooting the Flames episode. I like. I think I think you're due for a top ten. I mean, really? Can we do written word? Yeah. Horror literature, yeah. Why okay, not? Maybe I'll save it then. I'll just say like I I do love Stephen King. They're digital products now, just That's like movies true. are. And I mean, and I don't really read books so much as I used to. I listen to them now, and um, I love Stephen King. So I, a lot of his short fiction and I think it and needful things are probably some of my favorites of his. Well, if it turns into a top 10, like Stephen King, <laughs> oh, you God. know, books or short or novellas or whatever, then, you know, we can do that too. I will say currently I'm reading a book called devolution, the Mount Rainier Sasquatch massacre or something like that it's just a very specific and long-winded title but it's by the guy who wrote world war z so i mean oh yeah and i'm about to start reading the troop by nick cutter so um i don't know stay tuned maybe i'll do a top 10 if it fits into an episode month sometime and we got some questions the first question comes from at rl terry one and it's from our episode on jaws and he said i never bought that mrs kittner was the boy's mother more like grandmother it's always bothered me what do you guys think I don't care. I don't. I mean, I just took it at face value. I think I've never really thought about it. I think she looks older because she's all dressed up in black, you know, funeral garb or whatever. What is the seventies? I, I think like seventies style just makes you look older anyway. Maybe I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't. I never thought about it. I never thought whether or not it was the mother or grandmother. I think on the beach she looks younger. It's later when she slaps him that she looks older. Well, she'd been grieving and she was angry, so yeah. that does that to you. Plus, she'd done like a hundred takes of slapping him. You said that was, I think Roy Scheider said that was the hardest day of filming he'd ever done. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I don't think that made it into that two and a half hour episode. <laughs> I don't remember you saying that. <laughs> Another fun fact. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Never mind driving across that fucking bridge and like Sorcerer and I was getting slapped by that woman a hundred times. <laughs> Did you actually finally see Sorcerer? No, I still haven't watched it yet. I, oh. <laughs> I mean, I know what it's about. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Laura from Facebook said, if you're in a horror movie scenario, what stereotypical character type would you be? I'm usually a quiet, cautious person, so I think I'd be the character that warns the others not to go into the creepy house, etc., and then gets ignored. 
that's not me. <laughs> no. Robert would freak out and then run towards the danger. <laughs> Probably. More, more than likely, though, I'm the person who's, like, imbibing some sort of alcoholic beverage or, like, taking some sort of drug. And, I mean, we all know those people die in horror movies anyway. So, that's... that's. What's your favorite, like, 80s, like, trashy horror mo- movie that I always made fun of? Demon Knight oh, or Night something? of the Demons. <laughs> Night of the Demons. Yeah. He is every character in that movie. Except, just FYI. Except for the sensible one. <laughs> He is running towards the danger, making fun of everyone else, and drawing circles and lipstick on his nipples. <laughs> That's right. I'm Lene Quigley. <laughs> to the end. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't even know. I mean, like, you're sensible. I'm pretty sure that you would survive a horror movie. So I think you're probably, like, the leader, right? The one who's like, let's make a weapon. And trying to get me to, like, pay attention and learn how to make the weapon. It depends on the movie. If it's something where I can just, like, fuck off, then I'll fuck off. Hmm. And I'll survive because I will be in my apartment being a nerd. Versus if it's something I can't escape, you know? Then, you know, where I'm forced to confront it. Yeah, I'm more of a sensible person. And I would have absolutely, I feel, you know, the perfect movie for this is to put yourself into a situation and like who you would be. What? The the mist. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> oh my God, we have to talk about the mist soon, I think. Yes, because there's yeah. like every kind of person trapped into that store and you have to deal with people, yep. right? Whether you know them or not. I mean, yeah, that's an excellent, excellent. I've... You know, it's hard for me to think if I was in that situation with absolutely no knowledge of the mist or what happens or anything, who I would be versus who I would be with 2020 hindsight going in there. And I feel like the first thing I would do is snap the fucking neck of that stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Hunker down. Pray for daylight. <laughs> I mean, they're in a store, for God's sakes. I mean, they have, they have shit to eat. You know, it's fine. I would push her into those tentacles. <laughs> and that would be it. That would be a really short movie. And then we wouldn't have Marsha Gay Harden. But hey, I get you. It's great. I wanted a friend like you. I'd squat down. Shit, why not? <laughs> I fucking love that movie so much. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. You need to see it in black and white. Oh, I need to. I know. Yeah. I think it comes with it on the Blu-ray. Or the special edition does. Anyway, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> Went a roundabout way. Uh, we have a new patron who has joined our Patreon family. And this is Orion Yanadi. Thank you, Orion, for joining the family over on Patreon. We hope that you yes. are enjoying yourself. And um, we look forward to all the comments that you leave us and participating in the polls and everything that we're starting to do over there. And as usual, we need to call out some of our Film Flavor Plus patrons, and that would be Ben Gonzalez and Amber Couch. Thank you so much for being so patrony over on Patreon. Thank you so much for your continued support at that level over on Patreon. We really appreciate you guys, as always. And we have um, something special coming from Patreon right now for you. Yeah, we uh, actually were reached out to by one of our patrons, Nikki, who obviously had been interested in this podcast for quite some time and uh, also obviously became a patron and kind of wanted us to talk a little bit more about, you know, viewing horror through different lenses, uh, in this case, diversity. And so we did an interview with her after, you know, trying to work out, you know, when we could talk about it and where it would kind of land. And we decided the best place for this would be in our hundredth episode, a conversation with one of our listeners about how we watch horror movies. So here it is and enjoy. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on our hundredth episode, actually. Oh, 
that's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you've been a patron with us since April. Uh, you comment a whole lot, which we absolutely love. Um, yes. But uh, I feel like you've been listening for a lot longer than that. Uh, how did you originally find us? Uh, I found you through a friend who also listens to uh, who listened to you first. And we used to talk about horror movies. And so she was like, oh, you've got to check out this podcast. And so I started listening and I, I didn't comment in the beginning because it was just like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I'm just <laughs> I'm just listening. I'm just, you know, and so I didn't think I had anything to say. But then I would talk to you on the podcast like while you were talking i was like oh i love that movie and i was like okay why don't i just respond so that's how that happened no and it's awesome we love it yeah you are really one of our most like active listeners and we really appreciate that because the conversation has always continued um thanks to you and like a handful of others you know and so like we really really appreciate all the comments and social media stuff it's fantastic now do you go by nikki or nicole so uh, mainly by Nikki okay. and like uh, at work, I'm Nicole, but yeah. you know, I don't consider this work. This is fun. So this okay. is, this is Nikki, Nikki territory. Awesome. All right, good. So Nikki reached out to us with a really amazing email about viewing horror movies through different lenses. In this case, diversity. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I probably have put the diversity lens on in general in my whole life, just because I do diversity work for, for my job and I do it um, in a lot of the community activist uh, work I do in so um, I never really thought about the, that lens in horror until probably, you know, I've been with my husband, we've been married a year, but we've been together for about four and we'd watch these movies and we would just like, this isn't, this isn't scary to me. It just doesn't. And, you know, I was like, why does everyone else think this is scary? And we, we don't or, or vice versa. And so we started talking about how your life experiences really impact what your fears are. Um, and so you know, kind of unpacking that. And I come from a, a family that likes to talk about things like that. So my, one of my brothers is a, is a uh, film um, maker and one is a, is a communications uh, professor. So we started talking about how your life experiences and, and also how you're, how you're raised, how you're also how you're born. Some things are just innate, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm just afraid of spiders. No, nothing happened. I'm just afraid of spiders. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and exactly. So how does that experience really get to the core of you when you're watching a horror movie, right? So why does it feel that much scarier because of your, your experience or, or where you come from? Mm -hmm. I really love that. And I really enjoyed the email that you sent us because I am usually terrified anytime I watch a horror movie. And that's why I like it. I like to be scared. Right. And oftentimes I don't stop to think about um, like how my own experience influences my viewing of a particular movie. But at the same time, I am fascinated to listen to other people talk about why or why not they they found horror movies to be scary or specific ones or why that, you know, something just doesn't work for them as a particular viewer. From a sociological standpoint, I think that's incredibly fascinating. And your email got me very excited to like talk about it. So, yeah. And I think that one of the like my touch points for this conversation as to where you're from is um, get out. Right. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just across the board thought Get Out was a very, gr a very good movie. Some people thought it was a great movie. I thought it was a great movie. Yes. But when I watched it, um, you know, I sat next to my my husband and we were in a very uh, white neighborhood. We were like the only black people in, in the room. And I was getting vocal and I don't get vocal in movies, but I was like 
feeling it very viscerally that mm-hmm. what what was happening and he was like calm down like <laughs> no one else is saying these things and then afterwards i started unpacking that like why did it impact me so much and and starting to talk about it was because i've been in rooms where you know i'm I'm an, an educated black woman that is in social circles of professional you know, organizations and things like that. And I have been what's felt put upon like, oh, my goodness, you're so articulate. You're so, you know, how did you how did you get to reach these these heights? Mm. And, I'm, and, and it's like, I need you all to back away <laughs> because I'm a person and I'm feeling like <laughs> you're, you're trying to, like, find out my essence, you know, <laughs> and how did you. Yeah, exactly. And when I was watching Get Out. I started having like a little bit, bit of a panic attack because I was like, I know that feeling where you feel like they're going to consume you in, in a second. And if you've never been in that situation, it doesn't hit you to the core, right? Well, I think there's definitely different perspectives and things that trigger us more than others. Like some people might find obviously like Schindler's List more triggering than others or like a right. rape revenge movie right. as more triggering than others. But I feel like there's something specific to diversity where there's also like a question of like plausibility, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think in your email, you mentioned like would black folks even find themselves in this situation, right? Yes, yes. There have been many movies we've watched and like afterwards, I would have said the first 10 minutes, that would have been the shortest movie ever because I would have never, <laughs> I would have never gone in that house. I would have never, you know, gone in that neighborhood, whatever. In fact, um, the Midsummer, which everybody, you know, kind of universally was like, you have to watch this movie. And so we sat down to watch it. And again, maybe 15, 20 minutes in, I was like, I would have said, you people are crazy. I'm going home. Like I would have never gone to that little village. So it was, it was an interesting movie. It was beautiful. I liked watching it, but it didn't scare me. Right. Because it just wasn't plausible. And and it did not reach that level of, I can suspend my disbelief. I, I, I would be scared in that situation. I was like, meh. <laughs> but I tell other people you should watch it because it might impact you differently. And it was, it was gore. Like it had a uh, shocking moments. So uh-huh. I, I think it was a good mo- movie. Um, but even at the end, I was like, wait, what? Like what? What? And then, so my, my lens was just like, okay, everybody watch it for themselves because I didn't enjoy it, but other people might have. Well, it's interesting. Cause you also mentioned like a real life example of like going hiking with some white friends. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, looking back at that experience, I feel a little embarrassed about it because I was, it was not rational at all, but fear is not rational, right? That's the whole point. (laughs) And so I was out with, with some friends, we were hiking and it was beautiful and I'm a city kid and I can appreciate the the nature. Don't get me wrong, but there was this point where there was no sound of like cars or anything. It was just completely quiet and it was very eerie. And I look over and there is an old VW bus, like one of those vans Mm -hmm. that's totally abandoned in like with trees growing around it. I was like, how did that get here? Yes. Like life after people, right? Right. Exactly. And I was like, (laughs) nope. And I I even looked around at my girlfriend, my closest friend. I said, I can't do this. And she was like, what are you talking about? Just keep walking. And I had a panic attack and I was like, I need to sit here. And I couldn't breathe. I was like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And she was like, what are you talking about? I said, I'm the first one to go. I'm the black person. I don't know what to do. And she was just like, oh, you're overreacting. And I couldn't get out of that space. Well, that's interesting to me because I think we're touching on something here across both the pop culture and the real life, right? Mm -hmm. There's almost uh, a privilege attached to 
thinking about health and well-being and safety, right? right? I feel like there's a privilege to taking for granted your own health and and safety and and well-being in any given situation versus that's right under the surface for certain groups, right? Right. And right. if you're, you know, if you're in a situation where you're <laughs> you know like in a horror movie where like I'm going <laughs> to you know, I'm going to be the first to fucking get strung up, you know, yep. or something, you know, that's that's something that comes way quicker to mind than it does, you know, the the privileged class. Right. And there's also that that concept like, well, what if we do get lost out here in the woods? I again, I'm a city kid. I don't know how to hunt or forage or and I was like, I'm going to die. It's going to happen. And because mm-hmm. I had no sense of escape. Right. There was no in my mind, there was no, okay, if you just keep going straight, you'll come you'll find your way out of these woods. It was like, I, I don't know what else to do. And so the, the 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 layers of fear just kept piling on. And I was just like, I, I can't I'm a logical person. I can get out of this. I was like, No, I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the fear just kept creeping. Yeah. Based on some of your comments on social media and on Patreon, you obviously have watched a lot of horror movies and probably for a a good chunk of your life, I would imagine have been a horror fan. So in that situation, like did, did watching horror movies also play a part in that as well? I mean, like, did that influence your like experience at that particular moment? Right. For sure. For sure. Because it looked like a horror movie. Like you said, like why that should, if you were in it watching a movie and you saw that situation, you said those people are in trouble. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those people right there have gotten themselves into something they won't be able to get themselves out of. And that that it just didn't make any logical sense why these things look like this. Right. So now now I'm in a movie now this is wrong. And so yeah. and actually I actually didn't start watching horror till later in life. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And I've been catching up. <laughs> you certainly have. <laughs> <laughs> My husband and I are both scaredy cats. We never watch things apart, but together we like binge. So we'll watch like three, four movies, uh, you know, in a night and like be up all night and just keep watching them so but that that actually has has increased my my library of of, of what is scary and, and what is like we, we we going way back you know we watch the things that are current and it's like okay there are some tropes that there's a reason why we keep using these right because mm-hmm. they are scary and and one of those is that unknown this something is is wrong even to the point where we're when we're home if i hear a sound that is not what I normally hear, I tell him because one of our big things is in the horror movies, they don't tell anybody else. And then they don't get to put it together till it's too late. I was like, I heard a sound. Did you hear a sound? We, 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 <laughs> we need all the information together. <laughs> Grab a bat. I'm not sure what it is. We're going to go check it out. I'm looking at That's Robert so right now because I feel like he's exactly the same way, especially when he's home alone. Yeah, I am. And so, and you're so lucky because my partner um, does not like scary movies and even if we're going to watch it together, he will oftentimes just say, no, go watch it by yourself. And which is fine. You know, I'm okay with that. I've, I've loved horror movies since I was a child and a lot of my friends and stuff growing up just don't understand my love of it. And I'm like, it's yeah. okay. I can appreciate this for myself, but I totally get what you talk about. Like being in experiences where you can sort of like say, I, I have a, a feeling of how I am in real life and how I've seen things in movies. Recently, my partner and I, traveled into rural Oklahoma because we rented a cabin with my cousin and her wife because we thought it was the sort of the safest way to get away right Mm -hmm. right now 
And as we were driving through like just middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, the car started acting a little weird. And the first thing I thought of, I was just like, we are two gay men out in the middle of nowhere where it's not quite accepted. And then I thought I have seen enough horror movies to know that when the car starts to act funny, like we need to be prepared for everything. And he was like, yeah, he was like, just calm down. He was like, it's a low tire. And I'm like, that could spell doom. I have seen many, many movies. It started this way. Exactly. Yeah. Wrong turn. So I have a I have a similar experience. I was because I went to school in, in the South and um I was driving in Georgia and you know, young and carefree, and I was had all the windows down and my hair flying. It was great. And then a tractor trailer came up next to me and um started I was on the slow lane and he just stared at me and yelled all kinds of epithets at me. And Oof. and I was just like the nearest off ramp was miles and he rode next to me for probably 20 miles and I'm 20 years old terrified and I was like this is the start of a horror movie mm-hmm. right but it was real mm-hmm. and I ended up pulling off on a um a, to a state trooper because I was like I don't know what else to do and he and he of course he he his intent was to scare me right um that was clear because he could have just you know said a couple things and kept going but for 20 miles you're working on it yeah right yeah. and so when people, you know, the, the the reason why these things are, are frightening is because you feel in mortal, da- mortal, mortal danger, right? And at that moment, I was like, I am by myself in this situation. I don't know what to do. So. You're here. And I, I mean, I know that, like, logically thinking, looking back on this particular situation with my partner and myself, I know that not everybody in, you know, the part of that state are homophobic or racist. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are not right. But unfortunately that's like the first place that my brain goes and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know that a lot of times horror movies or media in general can sort of like confound the way that we feel just based on our everyday experiences. And so, um, since you started watching horror movies later in life, like what are some of your favorites? Like, what do you think is the most effective kind of horror movie that you've seen? Mm, I mean, I, I really do like thrillers. Um, I'm less uh, a gore lover. Um, but uh, you know, I, it, it has its place. Um, but you know, we were watching actually at your uh, suggestion, we watched the Hitcher, the first and the second one I mean, the remake and the first one. And we watched that this weekend. And it was a, it was a lot of like that. I realized that's what got my blood up. Like, thinking this you can't get out of this like this this some people are just crazy right mm-hmm. and uh if if you get the wrong person in your the for, you're in the wrong person's sights that could be the end of you and you know that that again the terror is the thing right yeah. he could have just killed him all the way but you know he wanted them to be afraid so i think um those really um because they're real they feel real yep, i should say happen. you know that they have happened right. could happen Right. Yeah. And those are the ones I think that, that I really like. And and there are some that um, the supernatural ones, I just, I just, I'm a big, I've always been a big sci-fi fantasy fan. So that's those that have that element um, I really love. And if there's a strong female lead, like aliens, we were talking, I'm glad you guys did that deep dive. That, oh, that yeah. was, oh my goodness. I, I could listen to that episode over and over, <laughs> both of those. So yeah, those, those are the ones that make me feel like, even though you are f- afraid, you're hopeful. Right. And it's like the ones that, that everybody dies in the end make me sad like come on mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so talking about you know experience and you know viewing horror movies through that lens i think a huge difference between midsummer and the hitcher would be again your own personal experience right would you agree mm-hmm. with that i mean like since you've been in a situation involving automobiles and things it's easier to like put yourself in that 
mind frame as opposed to traveling to Norway or wherever they were. You know, I mean, like, yeah, Midsummer is like a really weirdly specific situation. <laughs> For it real, is. Yeah. it yeah. is like you had to be that, like, a student that was trying to study it and all those things. I was like, yeah, none, none of those. I'm an engineer, I don't need to study people, it's fine. <laughs> so I was like, ah, it's over for that one. But I think, yeah, like, even when we were watching the hitcher, the like, okay, I'm never picking up a hitchhiker, right? So the, and I like the yeah. way they redid the second one because it was like, now I feel bad. I put this guy, like, I wasn't going to pick him up in the first place, right? But now I was kind of a jerk. Let me make it up to him. And that is more a more plausible situation, especially for me. I'm super, you know, I try to be super helpful. He seemed nice and all those things. And so when you see, like, the no good deed goes unpunished yeah. kind of thing was like, that was what scared me, scared you really. Because, like, I so see you trying to do something nice. You're gonna get killed. So I have to ask, which hitcher did you like better? The the older or the uh, remake? I knew you were gonna ask me that. So I actually preferred the second one because I liked the twist of the of the of the hero, right? So I don't know, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. Yeah, don't because I I don't do spoilers. He still hasn't. Famously on this podcast, I have not <laughs> I've only seen the first hitcher. I haven't seen the remake yet. And Chris has been trying to get me to watch it for months now. Years. Okay. And so I'm gonna have to like put my money where my mouth is and like is it years? I'm gonna have to <laughs> I'm going to have to go sit down and watch it tonight. That's like for sure. <laughs> there you go. It probably but has think, been years. Yeah. And I think, cause I mean the, the, the first one, it's just like, why right from the jump you're like why why are we going why is he going through this and so i think that the second one gives a little more um uh it not it definitely doesn't give any explanation as to why i mean he's it's still he's just crazy but it's it's um it's it just feels uh, a little more like okay this is what we're going through you know and and yeah it lets you a little, in more a little bit more of the psychology of like should we yes. even pull over like why is this guy like their confusion is the audience's confusion you know yeah their frustration yeah. is the audience's frustration which is always fun when that aligns right 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 it makes it it makes it uh it, it hits home right because you mm-hmm. would have done those things you would have said those things you so, would have tried to get away yeah. at the first sign right. and they do right versus midsummer right. there's like 50 signs <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, this is fascinating never nope i'm out i'm out <laughs> Not fascinating, scary. Yeah. Well, the minute they make me wait overnight in a field before they let me into the village, I'm like, I'm done then, really. I'm <laughs> exactly. like, I don't, I don't have time for this. I was like, if when there's not started, some sort of ramada, then no. I agree. And I camp, and which some people like, black people don't camp. I camp. But when I do, it's not like, it's it's prepared camping. It's, it's you know, not like, oh, we're just going to be here. No, I'm going home. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a backpacker of any kind. My idea of camping <laughs> is like a cabin. You know? Right, so. right. In fact, his first time camping, I took him, and uh, it was fairly disastrous. Oh, yeah. Not pleasant. But I was, and I was an adult, too, but it's, I mean... Mm-hmm. Uh, camping is not something you start as, a, as an adult. I don't think that works well. I was I was well past 30 the first time I went camping. and you're yeah, like, why? Why I are know. we doing this? It was hot. It was like July in Texas, and I was <laughs> having none of it. It was fun, though. Like, really, that's the first time that Chris and I really got to be good friends i think it's first so, time we really hung out actually yeah <laughs> nice mm-hmm. nice but, so it was meant to be yeah yeah <clears throat> well, i'm really excited to watch the hitcher tonight too and i will report back because neither one of y'all have led me astray and i need to remember that you know because uh chris wanted me to watch the long kiss goodnight for so long but it really took you calling me out on social media to like sit down and watch it and it's like become one of my favorite christmas movies oh, now i'm so excited when I, heard, when I heard that you were watched i was like yeah it oh my is gosh. such a, I mean, I've, I have that on VHS. 
Wow. I've been watching that one forever. And I never thought of it as a horror, but it is, you know, there's some horrific moments in it, but it's it's a thriller, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I've always liked it. But oh my goodness. Again, strong female lead. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like she is. I love it. I love it. It's iconic. Well, and I, I think we also enjoy a strong female lead. It's usually yeah. a touchstone for us. So. Because it's different. I mean, it's not, I mean, it. we know it exists, right? But in, in the genre, it is It is a, a twist. And so it, it when they can really do it well, it's, it's they, they, it really works. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I do have one more question about our, our topic, though. And I was going to say, like, in your opinion, based on all these films you've seen where it kind of just ignores, like, you know, a whole like perspective, you know, how can horror movies change to be more inclusive to other people's life experience and perspective? Like other than being like uh, in a comedy where like, you know, the one black person might be like just noping out of the situation as some sort of comedic effect, you know, just right. like, I'm not right. doing anything with this and then just leaves, right. you know, it's right. like, how can we deal <laughs> nope. with that in a better way? You know, and not just, yeah. you know, uh, black people, but, you know, like gay people or, <laughs> you know, other people of color or, you know, anything like that. I mean, I, and I, I'm sure that this is like the standard response is just representation, right? So just like when, you know, Jordan Peele came out with, with this, with Get Out, it was like, well, this is my story. I mean, this is, these are my my people, my experiences. This is what I want to speak about. But it's not easy for that to happen. And I think that, um, you know, the success of Get Out opened the doors for a whole, you know, uh, uh, oh, black people watch these things and they're interested. Oh, and white people like them, too. We can do this. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it has to get that momentum um, from from the, the, you know, the executives or whatever. And I think just in in. Um, people that are writing stories, there are so many good stories out there. They just don't have the, 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 the uh, resources to get them put on, on screen. Um, so I think that, you know, the, the, the studios really need to recognize and they won't until it's money. I know that, but they need to recognize that those stories do impact. Like I think uh, get out was very uh, poignant to a lot of people, right? Just that concept and it started conversations. So, um, you know, once we have those, and like I said, my brother being, he's a, he's actually a professor of film at uh, SCAD and he's always trying to push his students to think of different stories, right? You, you always go to what you know, because that's just natural. But when you push yourself to, to sell, sell someone else's story, it makes, it gives a different uh, perspective and it makes it more important. So. Well, I think it's that simple uh, representation, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you're being, you know, represented by like something that's a whole incomplete versus some sort of, you know, funhouse mirror stereotype. Then yeah. I think that's, right. that's really just that simple. And I know there are some movies that, um, you know, the, the it doesn't it's it's like a color neutral position. Right. So anybody could be it. Then you could still put black people in that position, which I think is it just still shows a representation on screen. So it helps. But something like Get Out needed to come from that perspective. Yeah. Right. And uh, Antebellum, which is coming out. And I mentioned that I'm 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 terrified just looking at the, the trailer because it again is at a very deep place. And it's a place that we don't talk about. As a, as a, as a culture, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, what, is that even possible? Like, what, what does that even mean? Like, you know, how will we, how do we process that? And and I think that's why some people are like, oh, that'll never happen. I'm like, mm. you know, granted, get out. We don't have the technology that we know of to do that, but they, there is some, some reality in the, the desire, right? And so when we can unpack that desire to take, you know, 
I have the privilege to take whatever. Let's talk about that. We need to talk about that. And and we, in my culture, we, you know, my, among my friends, we talked about it a lot because it was like that, that that's a groundbreaking concept that we've talked about for years, but we haven't as a full culture. Yeah. And I think that that's the, that's the change that we need to all talk about it on things on podcasts like this, because it, it, it allows us to, to, focus our our take our perspective and look at it differently i have to i mean and i know that it, the the situations are not at all the same i mean like coming from a, a place of of you know racism in this country and homophobia in this country are not the same thing obviously mm-hmm. <clears throat> but i i can understand a little bit because when i when i see gay characters in movies especially horror movies they're very very stereotypical right. or one note or they sort of take like different aspects of gay life and they sort of like this character's this one and this character's that one and we throw them all into to a movie and I'm like well I'm excited to see someone like me on screen but at the same time I'm kind of mad because I don't really fit any of those boxes and it's really really frustrating to watch and I know that strides are being made in the horror community on both sides about like racial um, inclusivity and you know like gay or trans inclusivity mm-hmm. and I think that it's starting to get a lot better did you like the movie Us? Is that I mean like Jordan Peele's second horror outing? I enjoyed it. I need to rewatch it um, yeah. because at the end I was kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, um, it's a little and- <laughs> confusing. <laughs> and I think I knew where he was going, but I need to rewatch it with knowing the end and seeing things differently um, because I didn't, I didn't pick up on some things. I'm sure that that when he saw the how it ended, like, oh, there's the thread. But um, I thought I, I definitely thought it was well acted, and it was, it was graphically. It, uh, yes. I was I was like on the seat of, edge of my seat the whole time, and mm-hmm. the some of the small touches were were so impactful, like the sounds and the the voices and and just the eeriness of it all. Um, but I think that the the premise, I mean, and, and just, it's just that whole M Night Shyamalan like concept. You're expecting the big jump at the end again. It's like okay, it's a different movie. You don't need the same <gasps> moment at the end. So I I think we were expecting that, and that's that's kind of our problem. Um, you know, as, as viewers, but I think I, it, it still had a social commentary, which oh, is yeah. what I appreciate. And I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like with a lot of these directors where they do multiple films, you know, or, or even some of these remakes, like the Poltergeist remake that we're going to be talking about in the next mm-hmm. shooting the flames, et cetera, et cetera. Nice. You know, it's like if these films kind of existed in a vacuum, not compared to something else, you know, then they would be great. You know, I feel like us would right. be that much better if get out didn't exist because we have get right. out and we're always going to compare it. And that's why we raved about get out. Out. but when mm-hmm. especially me i think but when robert and i saw us we were just like less impressed you know it didn't click for us the same way get out did which was just like mind-blowing right. you know right well i mean also us was um it was it was a different it was a co- more conceptual fear right mm-hmm. whereas us was was very physical fear mm-hmm. right it was they are they are taking your brain <laughs> like that. Yeah. They, they are taking you. Um, and, and so the, that, that concept of, of physical, um, you know, uh, it was a physical fear. Whereas the other one was like, Oh, this is a systematic uh, organizational yeah. fear. Right. And I think that it, it's, it's a little cerebral. Um, it's just as scary. I mean, if you think about it, how the impact, um, you know, but it was, it, you kind of had to unpack it a little bit. It wasn't like, you know, the shock factor as much like, Oh my goodness. So, yeah. but maybe I'll go rewatch that. Now, since you're rewatch, you're, you're gonna watch Hitcher. I'm gonna go watch rewatch Us. I need to rewatch that as well eventually too. I only saw it the one time, but <clears throat> I think that things are moving in a really positive direction 
at least in like horror, as far as like racial inclusivity goes. Mm-hmm. I know we already talked about Antebellum, which we're not going to have to wait very much longer. I think they're bypassing the theater and it's coming to streaming very soon with the next couple months. And so I'm Good. super excited to see that. But also I'm really excited to see the, the Candyman remake. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, it's being directed by an African-American woman, which I think is a really good idea for this. It's being produced by Jordan Peele and they're replacing a main character who was a white person with an African-American right. and it just makes the story a little bit more whole and better. And I'm so excited to see that movie. Yeah. And I mean, I think as long as we, as a community embrace these movies and, sh- and put the money behind it, you know, we have to make sure that they make the money to say like, these are the movies that we want to see. And these are the, the, the relationships we want to see on screen and the kind of people we want to see on screen. Then we're, we're doing our part to, to push it forward as well. Yeah, um, we, we re- recently rewatched uh, the original Candyman because I always like to see get a refresher. And honestly, because that came out, I don't even know how old I was. I mean, I think we we're probably around the same age, but I probably was a teenager, maybe. Yeah, I think it came out like 1991 or 92, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I think I honestly forgot about the whole like that she was, you know, uh, you know, tr- studying this culture. I just remembered like the the the, the fable and all that. And mm-hmm. I was like looking back on it, it gives it a different feel. Like there's there are two things that I always uh, like roll my eyes at is the, um, you know, the 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 white person coming to save the day. That's yeah. one. And the other is the magical Negro. Right. So those are two things that that movies typically have that, you know, the whether it's, um, oh, I didn't understand your culture and now I do and I want to fix it or it's you know I don't know what to do and then there's the you know the the magical negro that's a super wise and will get you give you good advice and and blah you know it's like mm-hmm. those are both tropes that I'm really over and so when I rewatched Candyman I was like ah oh, there's that okay yep. you know so but at the time it was like yes she's learning about the culture and everything I was like Meh, okay well we, we've moved on as a culture mm-hmm. right so let's move on from the story to something that that is a little more um that, and it'll get deeper because it's not an outsider it's an insider you know you know not quite probably not the same but still probably studying and all that but but it's it's someone that, that can navigate differently well yeah i mean and it, it's going to in- entirely changed the concept of that movie in a very good way because let's yeah. not also forget like the white woman was coming into that and she was told at every step like you're going into danger you're going into dangerous places and we're right. like calm down i'm like it's fine <laughs> lord the danger is like standing in front of the mirror in your own home yeah not going into these neighborhoods and i'm right. like i'm just so excited to see where she takes that and it's yeah. just it's one of the movies uh, as well as Antebellum that I'm super looking forward to, at least from like an inclusivity lens. And mm-hmm. it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm curious, are there any movies, um, I shouldn't be asking you guys questions, but are there any movies that show uh, like a the the evolution of, of using uh, gay characters in horror movies? Because I think I, I recently watched something and I was like, yes, that's better. You know, cause I, I, I find that, um, like you said, the the tropes are just like the same, and it's like okay, it, it's either for comedic value or for shock value or whatever. It's like just be a person. I'm I'm still noticing the stereotypes. Like I yeah, we're not past we're that not. stage yet. We're still yeah. They're still like learning how to put gay people, you know, on screen without making them just walking stereotypes. Right. Mm. And- I mean, like, there's been some steps along the way. I think that I think the gay community gets excited when we just say, like, there's a gay horror movie. If you want to talk about, um, oh, Chris, what is that movie that you and I watched together recently that I'd seen before? 
Hellbent, yeah. And so, like, it was billed as the first gay slasher. And I was living in New York when it came out. So I got to go see it in the theater. And I was so excited just to see gay people in a horror movie that it took me so many viewings afterward to realize how problematic it was, right? And so, like, I'll, and I've seen it many times. <clears throat> and, and on one viewing, I'm like, no, this is probably problematic trash and I will have nothing to do with it. And then I'll watch it again. And I'm like, no, it's kind of a good movie. I like it, you know? And so it goes back and forth. I but liked it, but I, I also knew that it was done like in, in 2000, you know, 20 years ago. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And you do have to put things in context. I mean, there've been so many movies, especially recently, cause I've been rewatching things that were like favorites of mine as a kid. And now I'm rewatching them and they do not hold up the same and not just horror like just in yeah. general because it was a different culture my, my the the best example and I, I don't want to go into too much of a tangent is blazing saddles i don't know if any oh. of you you've seen that movie yeah. i used to love it when i was a kid and i'm watching it now i'm like oh this is less less um pc very non <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i would say like less pc or non pc is not even close to describing what that movie is actually <laughs> well i was watching it with my husband and he was like wait this is one of your favorite movies what are we watching i was like okay we're turning off turn off sorry <laughs> different time but richard Pryor wrote that like richard Pryor really? wrote I didn't that, know that. With, yeah he wrote it with mel brooks so it wasn't like out of in a vacuum Hmm. I mean, but that was his comedy too, right? So it's it's but it's very it's just different. It's a different time. So and to watch it now with today's lens is a difficult thing and to do. Neither of those people would have written it that same way in 2020. Yeah. Definitely. Well, and I think it's really important, you know, what you just said is very important, is that like we are all growing and changing together in the world. Hmm. And the way that any of us think today is not the way we may have thought 20 years ago and it's i think it's important to go back and look at film especially to see like how we felt about it when we watched it and compare it to how we do today and it's sort of like a gauge as to who you are becoming as the person you are presently and who you can be in the future right Mm -hmm. we don't have to necessarily say you know we'll we'll never watch this movie again or i'm not going to think about how much i enjoyed it as a child but it's perfectly fine to watch it and say this is wrong and hopefully it doesn't get repeated again in this art form right like learn a lesson essentially right i mean there there is definitely like i like you guys say call it the nostalgia boner that is definitely a thing (laughs) but then when you go back and rewatch it it's like okay i will put that back in the box on the shelf and keep it where it is doesn't mean i'm going to pick that thing up anymore but i and i loved it for what it was for me at the time right so it's okay and we like you said if you don't grow there's a problem so if you can't you know if you still think it's 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 the same thing then okay yeah. after 20 years you should be able to and, and as a child sometimes especially like some, some of these older disney movies like you don't understand the mm-hmm. context and so it's completely innocent you retain that innocence versus kind of looking at those today like if you watch like the original dumbo or things like that it's yes. like oh god you know <laughs> Yeah, there's a reason why they have not been re-released anytime, you know, lately. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, guys, we are about time. We've been talking for almost 40 minutes, so we're gonna have oh my goodness, less time for. I could talk to you, you two, all all day, and it's funny because every time I listen to a podcast of yours, I am literally talking to you. Like I'm, <laughs> I, so I, I know you can't hear me, but uh, my my input is still getting in there. 
Well, the feeling's mutual. We can't hear you. Take all those things that you say and just put them right on social media. It's okay. We love it. So bring on the comments. And we are so glad that you reached out to us with that email to give us this opportunity to talk to a listener face-to-face and sort of get their ideas about horror and their own personal life. And like, we really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and talk to us. Like, for real. Oh, we just it, love it. It has been my honor to talk to you guys. Oh. And, and please keep doing what you're doing. We love it. Awesome. Thank well, you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey. Thank you, Nikki, so much for joining us. Um, we really had fun with that conversation with you. We're glad that you reached out to us with that email. Uh, I know that Chris and I both really are sort of fascinated by the way that people view horror movies and you know what they like and what they don't like and where that comes from. And hey, if you have an interesting topic that you really want to deep dive into and you also have a Zoom account, don't hesitate to reach out to us. That's right. You never know what, what might pique our interest and we'll bring you on the show as well. Horror News. So once again, the RNC is back in full swing. <laughs> oh, <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already did talk about horror news. That's right. This is a continuation. <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, once again, Penny Dreadful has been canceled. Wah, wah. We just can't keep a Penny Dreadful series going for more than one to four seasons. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the first one was so good, so yeah. well written. But at this point, like, I watched the show and I, I've only seen like the first two episodes, but it's like they, they were so paranoid of cancellation, they tried to fit the first like six seasons into like. <laughs> Or at least six seasons worth of plot threads into like one. There really was a lot episode. going on. And I yeah. like so much that I got fatigued from those first two episodes and I didn't go back and watch the rest of it. But I suppose now I have time to catch up. <laughs> so. Like Mexicans and Nazis and demons. Oh my. And that's just like the first five minutes. Good Lord. I mean, it had promise, right? But yeah. I mean, what did you say that they they really didn't give it time to breathe before canceling, right? We were talking about it. Yeah, they need to give these shows more time, especially fantasy shows, some time to world build, you know? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. And I I was just listening to a podcast where they're talking about like the Zoot Suit Riots, right? Which involved a lot of like Latino Americans um, fighting for their rights and discrimination and things like that. And I could see some of the mirrors that they were doing in this show. And I was like, with some time, they could have explored a lot with this. And I haven't seen the rest of the season, so I don't know what they did. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of sad, though. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it's always sad to see that because there was a lot of good talent on that show, too. Oh, yeah. Natalie Dormer and Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane were both, yeah, heavyweights, so... But in other news, uh, The Northman, which is the new movie from Robert Eggers, is now going to be starring in a small role. Bjork should be playing a witch in his Viking revenge movie. I just got like a really weird like Hagazusa flashback. (laughs) (laughs) I assume that his movie will be better. I assume Bjork wrote and directed Hagazusa. (laughs) But do you know the rest of the cast of this movie? It also oh. stars Nicole Kidman, Alexander Skarsgård, Anya Taylor-Joy, Bill Skarsgård, and Willem Dafoe. And Bjork. <laughs> oh, yeah. He better fucking pay Willem Dafoe's bills after the work he did for him in that Lighthouse movie. For fucking real. So, I mean, I think that we've liked his work so far. I will certainly check this one out. I do love Bjork. I think that she's, like, deliciously weird. Right. And yeah, I, yeah, sure. You know, but I do have to say 
I wouldn't have been like surprised or disappointed if like Willem Dafoe had been like, you know what? I'm done. I'm retiring from acting after this. I know. Sort of, like, <laughs> like, good job. <laughs> he needed good his job, fucking sure. Oscar for that. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe this one, this one will get it. We'll see. Yeah. So there's a new live action Resident Evil series coming to Netflix. And that's all I know. <laughs> uh, it's being created by the man who made Supernatural, which ran for like, I don't know, 15 seasons, 15,000 seasons and has a huge rabid fan base. So mm-hmm. he obviously loves his horror. And I think that a series on Resident Evil would be really good. I mean, we have a series of yeah. movies, series of video games. There's obviously there a lot to mine there. Yeah. I mean, the movies are their own little world, I think, compared to the game. And so I would assume that this is going to follow the game universe more closely. I would agree. I think maybe. I mean, because every time I pull up an article about it, they're showing uh, video game imagery and not movie imagery. So I think they're already starting to show people like the direction they're going to go when it's more video game based than the movie based. And they really are smart to separate it. So. Uh, finally in the news, and sadly, we've been having too many of these lately, the Thing actor, Wilford Brimley, has passed away. Aww. Not only from The Thing, but he was in the movie Cocoon, and those uh, Quaker Oats commercials and diabetes commercials that we've all seen on TV, he is a gifted actor who has a storied career. So, yeah. But I think that Chris and I most love him from The Thing. Obviously. Never seen Cocoon. Really? Cocoon's really good. Who directed that? Ron Howard. Ron Howard, yeah. Mm -hmm. Steve Gutenberg's in it, and a cast of like... I like Ron Howard movies. They really, like, I like Cocoon because they took all these actors who were sort of like side characters way back in like Hollywood's golden era and gave them these really prominent roles. Like, it's it's a really touching movie. (laughs) I don't know. And and sci-fi. Like, one of the few, like blatantly sci-fi movies that i, I like I a lot i think it's like a james horner or a jerry goldsmith score too i think you are correct so i'm all for that it's a good one you should watch it coming soon first up we've got raised by wolves which is a ridley scott hbo max series which you know that means i'll never see it but guess what it looks really cool you will see it, Chris, because I have an HBO Max subscription. <laughs> so, <laughs> do, do you not have the worry. Hulu combo pack with HBO Max? No, I, combo I finally cut my cable and I got some decent internet. And with my internet comes a year's worth of well, HBO Max. Welcome to the 21st century. Yay, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so, <laughs> however, I watch all my shit on Roku and there is no Roku app. So I haven't watched anything on HBO Max yet. <laughs> So, but I know that sometimes you watch things on the computer. I will share my password with you. Don't tell HBO Max. If you're listening to HBO Max, we didn't say any of that. (laughs) But this looks incredible. Like, I am sort of flabbergasted when you sent me the link to this trailer. Mm -hmm. I had no idea it was in the works. I didn't know it existed. I know that Ridley Scott is working on other movies. A a Lady Gaga movie is coming up pretty soon. And I'm just like, this looks very, very good, though. Yeah, it does. But, you know, I, I'm i a little gun shy when it comes to sci-fi by Ridley Scott now, you know, because he gets these highfalutin, high concept ideas and his execution is just want womp, at least from my perspective, compared to the sharpness that was alien, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, 
I don't. I mean, I like Ridley Scott. I I liked The Martian. I thought that was very very good. And he's responsible for some of the best movies ever made and some of the worst. You know, he's that's just true. not very consistent. But maybe I've never seen a Ridley Scott series, right? So if he gives himself like a long period to stretch a story out and have some like really interesting visuals and things, I mean, like maybe I mean, it, to me it looks very promising. It looks um, sort of like I Am Motherish, right? A little. Yeah. And but in a more horrific way than I am mother yeah. is mm-hmm. or was. Yeah, he's not shy with that stuff. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we also watched a trailer for the movie The Devil All the Time, which is a Netflix original film. This one literally made me jump out of my chair watching the trailer. From that one particular moment that you yes, triggered me with. This one, yes. <laughs> Why don't you tell our listeners what that moment yeah, was? I sent him the link and I was like, there may or may not be a scene where someone dumps a jar of spiders on their head <laughs> in church. Hey, we've all seen like snake handlers and things in church. I've never seen spider handlers in church. So. Yeah. So that's what this movie is. But it, it looks like it's got, I think it's got Robert Pat- Pattinson. Robert it? Pattinson's oh. in it. Yeah. And, of uh, Lighthouse fame and other things. And um, <laughs> his Batman trailer came out too. And that looks pretty horror, horror I, adjacent-y. I haven't seen the Batman trailer yet. Oh man, everyone's like in Tim Burton makeup. It's crazy. Oh wow. Yeah, they're going even darker. Yeah, Tom Holland <laughs> is in Devil All the Time. And he looks like it looks like a serious dramatic role like for him, which is great. You know, I haven't seen that anything like that out of him since The Impossible. He... I mean, I I like him as Spider-Man, right? I've only seen him he's as Spider-Man. Best, he's in the, a, the best Spider-Man. I, I didn't see the actual Spider-Man movies. I only saw him in a couple of the, uh, like, Avengers like movies them. he was in. They're I'm fun. sure I would. I mean, I, I need to actually go back and watch this. But Yeah, they're a little, you know, Spielberg-y. It's pretty good. I like Tom Holland because I saw his lip sync battle where he did Rihanna's Umbrella and Drag. And I just like... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And so I just fell in love with him then. So I'm, You know I'm, he's got an Oscar in his future. He really does. Role. And I, I think, like, this could be it. I really love that the Oscars have changed their rules this year to where, like, streaming services have a shoe in for Oscar consideration. If they didn't, this year of all years, uh-huh. there'd be something wrong and they would just be dead. So I mean, I'm already mad because they pushed the Oscars back several months right and they extended the voting period and release period and that's good though i mean like give them some competition but i was really hoping for a lot of genre films in the oscars this year because that's what we've had a lot but um i mean i think that this is like a a dramatic genre type film and it looks like there's some really good oscar moments in it oh definitely i feel like it's gonna get some buzz based on the trailer alone i'm seeing some great performances uh, you know, it looks very th- thriller horror adjacent. It's, it's listed as a psychological thriller, but it just looks really good. And it is a Netflix movie. And like a lot of the trailers we're going to talk about are Netflix, straight up Netflix or like HBO Max. You know, um, I do or- get the feeling from Netflix recently that um, like they're pushing, you know, quantity more than quality these days. Like they're just throwing everything at the fucking wall to see what sticks. And then canceling it if if it's, you know, 
meh in the first season. And I'm like, man, so yeah. many good shows in the past would have been canceled after season one if people hadn't let it breathe, like Star Trek The Next Generation for one. A penny Dreadful for another, I yeah. suppose, right? But I mean, like, that's that's where we live today, right? So people are streaming movies. They're not, they're not going to the theater right now. Theaters are just now starting to open up, right? And I know that, you know, we didn't talk about this in the news segment, but uh, Russell Crowe's movie unhinged was unhinged. number one at the box office it's right? gotten good review got no, excellent bad reviews. Re- no no it hasn't unhinged oh, really? i've only not. read good things about it <laughs> yeah no it's got like a 40 something percent i think on rotten tomatoes the audience scores like 75 percent. okay maybe maybe i'm just seeing things on like social media right but people yeah. seem to like it and i'm like well do i want to risk going to the theater to watch it i mean the answer is yeah. no really but I mean. the thing that i'm actually kind of surprised about is the trailer for i'm thinking of ending things which seems very different from the source material, but at the same time has gotten good reviews. It's like 86% uh, right now on Rotten Tomatoes. I just read a an, an, uh, review today on IndieWire that called it one of the best movies of 2020. And um, okay. I mean, no surprise. I mean, like Charlie Kaufman makes great films, but I, you know, It's Mario. I really enjoyed this horror book too. I'm thinking of any things by Ayn Reed. And I was looking forward to the movie. It seems a little bit different, but maybe not so much. It's a very twisty turny kind of book, but the movie looks incredible. And I think that by the time that this episode comes out, it should have already been released on Netflix. So yeah, I think it's September 4th. Uh-huh. So, so maybe come around, the same, around the same time. We have a hot takes episode coming out in September for you guys. And maybe one or both of us will be talking about, I'm thinking of ending things, but the trailer looks very good. It's got Tony Collette, for God's sakes, giggling her ass off in this trailer. So, I mean... It really kind of reminds me of Eternal Sunshine Mind, whatever that fucking movie was. Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind? Yeah. I have a confession. You've never seen it. I've never seen Eternal Sunshine you of a Spotless Mind. will cry. I have another so confession. Good. I've never seen a Charlie Kaufman movie. <laughs> I've never seen Adaptation. I haven't seen Eternal Sunshine. Oh, I, so it is the same director? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. Well, good. Good. I'm glad. I mean, like, he has a a very definite, like, style of movie making. And I know that he's, like, a very famous director that people love. I've just never seen any of his movies. Eternal Sunshine is, like, right up your alley. Especially really? with, like, your that. number one favorite film is um magnolia magnolia Mm. yeah i many many people have told me that i don't and maybe that's the reason that i haven't watched it but i mean if i've learned anything from having a podcast is that i need to like go back and watch some movies that people have recommended to me right so 100 episodes later i'm watching some movies that chris has told me about 10 years ago (laughs) it's like a visual feast but it's also like that specific like happy sad Okay. Bittersweet. Oh like yeah. Big fish type of. Oh yeah. You know okay. that makes you just basically become a giant like box of tissues and. It doesn't take much, life. but I mean, like from that example, I'd be like an extra large box of tissues. You <laughs> so. will transform. You will become your. <laughs> I will become a solid tear. <laughs> yeah. You will become your final form. <laughs> also from Netflix, we watched a trailer for the new Ryan Murphy created series, Ratched, which is the origin story of Nurse Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. And I'm so critical of Ryan Murphy and I'm so critical of, you know, one shots of like side characters. But this trailer like kind of won me over. I love Ryan Murphy. I just do. I mean, I 
he's like one of the most important gays like i'm yeah i feel like i'm supposed to i feel like i'm pressured to like him you know but you know he has yet to make anything great i'm sorry agreed i mean in a lasting thing i mean i do like certain seasons of american horror story and i think that i mean he's created some good tv shows like glee excluded but um (laughs) i mean I, i need to see oj that's so good yeah, I mean, he he is a sort of hit or miss like creator for me. I did like Hollywood, you know, and so I yeah, I didn't watch Versace. I didn't watch Versace either, but I I have not, watched every single season of American Horror Story though. I have not. I didn't watch the last one. I watched the first episode. Oh, so I'm still behind. You're really? like way caught up. It's yeah, like, it's like seriously the one of of all the seasons is the one that you'd like the most because it's the '80s one. Maybe people keep and other people have told me that besides you too. Maybe I, that's the thing. I'm I, like, no. I want that intro. Like, I always skip the intro. I never skip the intro for this season's American Horror Story because it's so 80s spectacular. <laughs> like, horror version of, like, an 80s exercise video. And it's, like, perfect. And I want it as a ringtone if I ever had my phone <laughs> off silent. I think Ratchet looks great, though. I think Sarah Paulson is, like, going to be phenomenal in this show. She looks really good in this. Yeah, she does. And I really like, like, sort of, like, the design aesthetic or, like, the production design in the trailer, at least. It looks good. The costumes look great. I don't I don't really see a connection to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, though. It's like he really took it and did his own thing with it, which is okay. But I also haven't seen Cuckoo's Nest in a very long time. So, so the next thing on our list is The Dark and the Wicked from The Strangers director, Brian Bertino. And I like The Strangers enough to just watch anything oh, that he makes. I remember really. That was like the first movie you like literally just like sat me down to watch, like and made me watch. Yeah, I think that we had had conversations about horror movies and like things that actually scared us. And I was like, oh, you got to watch this shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if it scared me. It disturbed the fuck out of me because I was just like, what can we do against such reckless hate? (laughs) Yeah, like it's just it's scary because because of the chaos, you know because it doesn't make sense because you answered the door you know that's what makes it so scary and i think eventually when we have a longer conversation about the strangers it's a movie that i would like to talk about on the podcast and this one looks pretty like scary to me like there were some moments in this trailer that i was like oh fuck no i'm not gonna watch that (laughs) at least not alone right but yeah I get kind of weary when they had that special effect where like someone's head is shaking back and forth, but they make it go too fast. Right. So it yeah. doesn't look natural. And I'm like, that's been overused a little bit. I saw but, a couple of tropes in this trailer. Yeah. And I did too, but I think like, it looks like a very quiet sort of like dramatic horror movie. And I really enjoy like familial aspects in horror too. And yeah, I mean, like, I feel like everyone's trying to remake, you know, the hereditary, which you know, yeah. if you're going to ask me, doesn't need to be remade. No, um, of course not. But I mean, like <laughs> trends are trends. And yeah, but uh, which arguably really kind of started as far as like the story about something else. But it has to do with a, like a broken family is like Babadook, maybe mm-hmm. a recent trend. Yes. Or at least a yeah, broken for whatever reason. Right. So like this movie's got a lot of Babadook. It's got a lot of his own work. The Strangers be like via its uh, like remote area it's got some like <laughs> autopsy of jane doe going on you in know the what it actually reminded me of it kind of reminded me of like a good version of poltergeist 2 <laughs> poltergeist 2 is terrible he's coming <laughs> <laughs> oh god i re- now i want to talk about that i've like shoved it out of my mind 
Maybe we'll talk about it when we talk about Poltergeist coming up. Well, we've had a jam-packed 100th episode. We have. And we need to thank all of our listeners and supporters for everything that you do for us on social media and on Patreon. We really love to do Shooting the Flames and not just for like the trailers and the news. I mean, because we sort of like rush through those sometimes and we spend a lot of time talking about our listener comments and questions and voicemails and patrons and reviews. We really enjoy all those things and getting to know you as we have over the last two years of this podcast. Mm -hmm. And we have a lot more coming up for you in September. We have a very special episode coming for you, and we're covering one of our favorite horror movies that's joint between Chris and myself, and that is what? They're here. That's right. Creature from the Black Lagoon. No. no. <laughs> Carol Ann. <laughs> Don't go towards that light. We're, we're talking about Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. And we're going to be keeping our conversation about evil spirits going forward and talking about white noise. Yes. And <laughs> we, neither of us <laughs> realized the connection between the two films. That's right. <laughs> Static and all that. <laughs> we did it again. Our subconscious is at the wheel. I mean, every time we pick a movie. But beside that, we also have a hot takes episode. And we haven't had one of those since like early July. So, mm -hmm. And it's going to be so long and packed that you're going to need to send help to 1234 Podcast Street because <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a bitch to edit. <laughs> but you really have me at long and packed. So... <laughs> <laughs> you know, adjacent to edit way. <laughs> uh, I think we're getting off the rails now. <laughs> well, <laughs> before we go absolutely insane celebrating our hundredth episode. Oh wait, we have all we have all kinds of shit to say. What the fuck am I doing? <clears throat> Continue to send in your comments and questions at the Film Flamers on all our social media channels, including Instagram. Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at tiredqueens at filmflamers.com or call our hotline if you want to be that rare one in a million person. Thanks, Nina. 972 666 7733. We read all reviews, a lot of reviews this month, actually. Uh, you can leave one on Apple Podcasts or iTunes if you're listening there. You can do it on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you want to. We'll read them on Shooting the Flames. And don't forget all of our bonus content on Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash thefilmflamers where you can find all of that. We're going to be flashbacking to a movie about evil spirits that we've left up to a poll on Patreon. So it's not too late. Go join the community and vote in that poll, and we will watch and talk about that film. That's right. <laughs> I don't like trick answers. <laughs> we are addressing the living. I am addressing the living. <laughs> Cannot fucking wait. <laughs> I know. I'm so excited. Oh, well, until our next episode, everybody. Sweet, sweet, sweet dreams. dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Send help to 134 Street. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
kind of thought it was your actual address. I swear to God. <laughs> I would move in with you like right away. One, two, three, four, podcast street. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. 666 podcast street. 666 podcast street. 